Hey guys, this is Jordan. And this is Jeremy. And you are listening to episode five of the Shaved and Tapered podcast. We have a very interesting uh, episode with a special guest today, so let's boogie. So we have our very first guest. We have Walker. He swam with both Jeremy and I in high school and is also a collegiate swimmer, though he is now retired. Congratulations, Walker. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. I'm sure, man. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, like the icebreaker questions you get in every single like meeting. Where you? Where are you from? What what yeah, school the, do you go to? Best, you like the best part of freshman year. Oh yeah, every class. No, I still had an icebreaker at the beginning yeah. of this year. Yeah, I had to like dance and spell my name with my butt, so I had a great one too. It's really weird. There, the the orientation the, lady the was like, college, if, yeah, they were like, if you show up and you're late, like you got to get on in front of everyone and spell your name with your butt. And, and you're like, cool because you're an athlete, so of course you were gonna. I didn't mean, know that yet. I was oh. just. That's a little weird. Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> but uh, like Jordan said, I'm from around here. I swam with both of them growing up. Um, I'm one year behind them, but we're all graduating at the same time, so that's fine. You better believe it. He's the uh, smartest of all of us. <laughs> I go to Lehigh University. I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, I specialized in middle distance free and backstroke. And a fun fact about myself, freshman year, day one, I showed up six foot five at 150 pounds. And senior year, I was still six foot five, but I'm 190 pounds. So I don't believe that. Looking at you right now, yeah, you, there's little, no way you're little, six five. You're taller I, than six. No, five. no, he's he's taller than me, and I say that I'm six five. I definitely think you're like at least six six. No, the six five no, is no, constant. Six foot. He's probably six five and some change because I'm like right under six five. All right, so Walker, given that you're our first official guest, we have a few questions for you, and hopefully you can answer them. I'll do my best with my college degree. We haven't had, we haven't got that degree yet. So yeah, still yeah, working towards on. it. Yeah. Pump the brakes. You're still a dumb college person. I just chased myself. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> yeah, well, technically, you are going back next year as a graduate assistant, right? Yeah, well, I applied like oh. two weeks ago and haven't heard yet, so right, that's so still pending as well. Let's hold our breath now. Knock on wood. Sorry about that. All right, so first question. What has college swimming done for you? Interpret that however you will. Real cheesy answer, but in all honesty, it's just kind of allowed me to develop as a person. I've gotten a lot of opportunities and been fortunate to try out a lot of different events. I've had a lot of developments in myself, physically, um, mentally, I've kind of cocooned a little bit. And like high school, I had a problem with tapering and um, that kind of came together freshman year of college and that was like a nice surprise so just kind of a mental game in the pool and just overall growing as an individual oh yeah i mean it's very easy to write that off as a cheesy answer and i think that falls in the same category that everybody always says oh well my team is a family which i'll be honest i never really felt that in high school except for maybe during my senior year but in college even if your family is divided into a few different social groups, it does definitely have that more fam- familial feel. Oh, for sure. Even on my roster, like if you go on my roster on Lehigh's website, it says like the why did you choose Lehigh question I answered freshman year is like when I came on my recruiting trip, like it felt like a family environment and everybody seemed so close. So it's cheesy, but everybody thinks it, hopefully. Oh, yeah. That, that's awesome, man. You know, it's not always that way at different colleges I've been to a few and it's been different at each one and I hear different answers on how the team environment is at different colleges but sounds like you got a good one which you're very fortunate for that yeah and I mean that's it's always a good thing to have a great family when you go into a college especially when you're going to a new area where you don't know many people but how has um college swimming helped you grow as a person individually Kind of piggybacking off of that last question since you said that was one of the big developments that you were able to make. Uh, the biggest way college swimming specifically has helped me, I would say, was the biggest difference I noticed from high school going to college was just kind of swimming for something more than myself. Because in high school, um, I was from, we were 
the three of us were from different counties, but like my county, we didn't have high school swimming where you swam for your high school that yeah. you got to. So I just swam in club. And so as far as scoring points and stuff, it didn't really matter. We were always going to get destroyed by the bigger teams because we had a smaller little family of our own down here. But um, when I got to school, I'll always remember my first dual meet at Boston University freshman year. I'm swimming the 500 free. One of our seniors, Jacob Moore, you both know him, he's a great guy. He's out in front racing for first against their guy, and me and this other guy are fighting for third, and I just kind of had a point at like the 300 yard mark, and I'm like, wow, like I'm not just swimming to go a better time, like I need to beat the dude next to me, and just realizing that I need to swim more for the people I am like a part of now, versus just trying to get my my hand on the wall for a better time. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, like you said, oh, we had high school swimming, but in my opinion, high school swimming for us was mostly, we get to hang out with everybody we still swam with and swam against, but now we don't have any coaches looking over our shoulders. So I agree with you. That's an awesome part of swimming and it definitely changes the meaning for swimming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like for, in my opinion, I think that swimming it can be considered an individual sport, but not until you get to college and really like deep into high school swimming with uh, other programs around the country that are more into high school swimming, that it's just more team oriented once you get to college and they don't really have that in club. And I think that's a big part that's missing nowadays. For sure. I mean, we are from Virginia and I think anybody who uh, swam during our time in Virginia swimming and even now it's a little different now I've noticed uh, since I've started coaching in Virginia swimming but back when we were in high school it was very divisive people from other teams hated each other and it seems to have grown worse and more more I'm an individual and everybody shuffling around different club teams really loses that whole spirit and the family portion that club swimming can give you it's weird but hopefully everything will settle out or maybe it'll evolve into something better or honestly something worse only time will tell and we can just hope for the best with that all right i got another question so how have you adapted your and or changed your training from freshman year to senior year and what challenges have you faced with trying to learn what you need to do to exceed because succeed not exceed um, because I know a lot of people get really wigged out and thrown off when they start lifting a lot more, though I know you lifted in high school too, and then also everybody, you're growing, you put on, what, 30-ish pounds? Like, that's awesome, so that's also a big difference, and I know my changing, my training from freshman year to, I guess, whatever year I stopped swimming was completely different. So for me, um... You guys know from high school, it's just like we came from a very workhorse kind of area. We would pump out yardage with our team, and Grand so when I got to yeah, when I got to college, my freshman year, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was fortunate. I stopped growing upwards, got to start growing outwards naturally, and <laughs> that just kind of helped me out. But um, as far as training goes, I still stayed in that kind of distancey, just push through the yards mentality with my coach. I told him I was like, look. I've always had, I've always been able to have some fast twitch to get some speed. I just never had the strength to do it. And so that'll kind of come as I put on the muscle, but I need to stay with the high yardage intensity because that's how I've always been. And so freshman year, I was recruited as a backstroker mainly. I got there, I think every single dual meet almost, I did 100, 200 back in the 500. So I got to really know that 200 back, 500 free double that we all love so dearly in the swimming world. But um, after that sophomore year, I started dabbling more so in my freestyle because freshman conferences, my 500 really exploded, backstroke kind of stagnated. My two free was coming along and then I got thrown in the mile. So <laughs> swimming the mile, I didn't really want to, but my coach said, trust me and do it. I ended up getting my, um, my cut for open water nets, so I did that in May of my sophomore year. Junior year, swam the mile again, was a little off, but my events didn't really vary junior year from sophomore year, except for my sprints started coming along. So now I'm an upperclassman, and that's really when things started to change, because we graduated a lot of our sprinters, I was putting on the weight, 
And so now my sprint started coming along and my, my, the big moment I noticed was one of like our second or third dual meet my junior year, I split like 20 points for the first time on a relay and I was 20.7 at our Westchester dual meet and I was like, wow, like I, I got some speed, like I could sprint. And so that's kind of a pivot in my training, I would say. I started putting on a lot more sprint work, doing some like power days more than I had been the past two years. Um, sophomore year, we got a new assistant coach that came in for our sprint program. So he started developing me more and more. And um, then senior year, which is kind of like junior year, I, I was sticking to the sprint relays, but staying on top of my 500 because that's always been my better event. So it's kind of been a juggle because I've been all over the place, but it's been really fun. and. I've been fortunate to try out a lot of different stuff. Didn't you dabble and fly a little bit too? Who I swim a lot of two flies. I swam a two IM once in a meet. Um, I swam right. everything in a collegiate competition besides 100, 200 breast and four IM. I've done a four IM off the block for time in practice, but like my knees are so bad, <laughs> I can't make it through the brush. Stroke. I have like a 50 every six months, so. <laughs> And it's not like Jacob, so you're not doing butterfly kicks while you're swimming pressure. <laughs> well, dislocating both your patellas doesn't really help you out there, so yeah, yeah. I just kind of like push pressure to the side. My coach is like, dude, you have a really good IM, and I was like, I will be done swimming after three months of training IM. Like, is it worth it? Uh, uh, no. That's awesome, though. It sounds like you had a really good support staff, which some people definitely don't have that same experience with going from their club coach that they probably known for their entire developmental life to a new college program, which if we're going to be completely pragmatic and non-judgmental of a lot of college coaches, they're just trying to get you to swim as fast as you can and do the best that you can, which sometimes other things do fall to the wayside, but it sounds like that wasn't the case for you, which is really awesome. And you know, isn't it everyone's dream to swim the mile their sophomore year and then junior year they get split 19-7, like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation since I was never allowed to swim anything under a 500, but I'm sure it was, is an amazing feeling. Yeah, I was like, wow, all I'm gonna do senior year is sprint. It's like, keep on Psych counting those yards. <laughs> yards. So another question is, um, who is a swimmer that you've always like looked up to as a role model and why? Um, I would say Jacob Moore, uh, I mentioned him earlier. He was a senior when I was a freshman. We've all swam with him at some point in our careers. Um, all of us, everyone, yeah. even you listening to this podcast yes. right now, you've swam with Jacob Moore. You know his face. No, but um, I didn't really interact with him much while I was in high school. Uh, his senior year, obviously my freshman, just like in college, because that's how math works. But I had just been, I, I'd just been put in the senior group, like my morning practices, I'm like, oh my god, like, um, so didn't really know him a lot in high school, but once I started going through the recruiting process, he was the one that connected me to Lehigh, because he was there, and he's the reason I went on my recruiting trip, and fell in love with the team, and so freshman year, I adored him, I really followed his footsteps, just looked at him as an example, as what I should do during my time here, and uh, I couldn't be happier with how that turned out, so I guess I could owe that all to him a little bit. That's awesome. I mean, I think everyone here agrees that Jacob Moyer is one of our favorite people that I've ever encountered and the favorite person to train with because, sure, he didn't come to a lot of practices in high school, but whenever he was there, he was grinding, and he was always very supportive, which I, I always found really annoying because I hated people being positive towards me. <laughs> Well, but, Craig never was that way, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we all have our feelings and our memories, so... Yeah, we love him, we love him. We love him, we love him. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, that's, that's good, and it's always, it's always interesting to hear people when they say that they have someone that they look up to in swimming, and it's not like, ooh, well, you know, Michael Phelps. Yeah. Because that's just yeah. such a, that's such a throwaway answer, because it, it, whenever someone says that Michael Phelps is their like role model or their person they look up to the most in swimming. I'm kind of like, that's just such a cop out, man. It's like, very generic. Very generic. And that's something I'd expect out of like a little kid, but 
You know, if I had to pick someone that not necessarily like just all out, like all-star Olympian, like history, but someone that's very up and coming, very strong is probably Andrew Selskar. Young Selskar. He competed against you guys in high school. He competed against me at NCSA. Yeah. He's always been a big name around us growing up. And you know, like I've never interacted with him personally, but just like seeing him last year in NCAAs, like winning his first events, like going 130, just getting a hundredth away from Phelps's IM record. Like watching yeah. that stuff was just wild. And I felt like happy for him, even though I've never interacted with him. It's just someone from the area that we know. And I think he's just, he seems humble and just kind of really pushing himself and working hard. So good for him. I remember seeing him my senior year at NCSAs and I bumped into him in the locker room and we talked and it was cool. No, not the locker room, in the bathroom because there's like that one tiny little bathroom at the far end of the pool where everybody's just trying to take a dump. And that was really cool. And I was just waiting for him to have a big break and it was nice to see him blow things up at NCAAs because he definitely deserves it. And I, I think the funniest thing about him uh, in high school was he would always T-pose at the end of the bulkhead before all of his races because of his hometown because he was he swam for TJ and that was always hilarious. Alright, so a lot of people with swimming, their senior year of high school, they usually go into it with the mentality of like, oh man, I'm so done with club swimming, I can't wait to get into height, no, not into college swimming, like this is going to be sick, or they're like, man, I'm gonna be so sad missing out on hanging out with my club swim teams, but I just, college swimming is gonna be amazing. I don't know many people that <laughs> agree to go to college swimming and they're like, oh, I gotta go swim in college. Like, but you know, I'm sure there's someone out there with that. So going from that anticipation or anxiety you had looking forward to going into freshman year of college to as you graduate and you're done when your swimming career is over, you're a swimmer as they always post on Instagram. How has your mentality and thought process about swimming changed? Like, what has swimming meant to you from then until now? Um, high school was just a lot different because for a while, like it's, our, our club team used to be Berkwood, <laughs> now we were merged with Poseidon, and now we're Hanover Aquatics. Like, but when, when we were with Berkwood, it's, it just slowly just kind of declined as each team graduated, which is super unfortunate to watch through. But when I was younger, like sophomore, junior year there, like we had people to chase. And there was a lot of people at practice, very similar speeds. We had some older kids that we could like try and follow them through the sets. And senior year, our team had really, like my senior year, by then our team had dwindled down to just a couple of guys that were training. and. Um, I remember Wednesday afternoons was always my double day where no one else was there. And it was a lot of times it was just me and Craig. Um, and my mine was Thursday. Thursday. And that, that was tough. And it was hard to swim by yourself with the same motivation that we had when we were younger. And so transitioning into college, it was nice to have people to chase again. Yeah. And I could never swim by myself. I hated that. I did it for a little bit before I switch teams and it was just it was miserable because I wasn't happy where I was and then on top of it it was like hey here's an 8500 yard set get to it that's what I'm saying like, it's so hard when you're a distance swimmer oh yeah it's just yeah. a nightmare in the summer one set that scarred me for life is like <laughs> we're swimming outside sun's out it's Water's me like and one other degrees. guy yeah. me and one other person and Craig's like three 800 back <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, I will have no retinas. By the end of this. <laughs> My eyes. You're swimming with your eyes closed by the last 800. I mean, I had those like weird, like breaking mentally sets even before I was like unhappy. Remember when the bubble was killing us? Everybody was coughing yeah. up. I don't even like gray stuff. And he was like, "We're doing three one thousands for time. If you don't hit it, we're gonna do it again." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and by the end of the third one thousand, it was like. Me, Shane, and Jacob were the only ones left in the pool, and he was like, oh, I'm weak. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's crazy, though, because, like, the people that... Everyone was shocked when sets like that would come up, but the people that took all of Craig's crazy-ass practices, like, it got us so much better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if I just had to 
I know, I think Jeremy can agree with this. If I, if we hadn't just been idiots going into freshman year of college, we could have done a lot better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I was at the point where I just was like, I don't want to do anything. And I never even wanted to go to college in the first place. But they were like, you should go. It'll make you a better person. One thing I always admired about Craig was it didn't matter if he was giving us three, 800 backstrokes in the sun. Like, he walked up and down the deck the whole time. He was watching us, like, yelling at us, barking at us. So Always he was attentive. He was there. He was present at practice no matter how grueling it was for us. So that was nice. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. So another question that um, we came up to ask you is, what is your favorite non-swimming-related memory? In general, like in life, non Non-swimming, swimming-related memory. Like... Not not like a race, but something you did with the team, some team bonding or like training trip, anything fun like that that stands out that is your most like memorable thing. Or even hanging out with your friends from the swim team. Um, that's a really tough question, honestly. It is a tough question because there's so many memories that you have out there, but I think it's always nice to have a little bit of humanizing of anybody and anything, especially with swimming. I would say one cool, just kind of stupid, silly bonding thing my team's done, we've done it twice, is in September, it was either September or over training trip. I think one year it changed, but um, this year is over our training trip and we went go-karting. Oh, that's cool. I mean, like, fast go-karts, like racing, had some guys that were just menacing, like <laughs> slamming into bumper cars, like our coaches out there going crazy, our assistant coaches, like a speed demon. And it was just fun to kind of forget about that we're in the bulk of our training and the beating these cars are giving us are going to make training trip practice yeah. so much worse. But it was nice to just like get out there, be silly, do something we're not used to doing and just kind of have fun. I don't know. I feel like that's important when you're with your college team is to have those memories that are outside. So that's, that's a good question. I like it. That's a very fun thing to do is go go-karting. Go-karting is, <clears throat> go-karting is fun forever. And once this whole coronavirus thing is over, we should go go-karting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh we should the definitely go go-karting. in a while is paintball. And I would love paintball. to oh, fun. I remember when I played For with four you. four years, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go and break my leg. And <laughs> it's not going to be able to swim. So now we have nothing in my body. <laughs> you're not a number. And we, can, we should go play disc golf this week before the entire country gets shut down. For sure. Um, so, can you talk to us about what's your favorite race memory? And your favorite race championship, even if it was at like an inner squad meet, best race you've ever had or most memorable race? Preferably from a championship meet, not inner squad. So, most memorable meet race of mine probably came last year against Army, which is really funny because our school always gets destroyed by Army at every single dual meet, and last year's was no different. They're such nice guys, though. Oh, they're great, but they are just on a different level than we are, and we always put our best foot forward, but last year and every other year that we swim them, we always we have a good forefoot relay, and we can pit up against their guys in that. So what we did last year is we, we had maybe won two individual races the whole day. And we're now at the four free relay and we always load it because we know like we don't need to save anybody else for the rest of the meet. And we're like, we are just going to stick it to these guys. Like, let's go. We dove in and from the get go, we're losing. Like, it's just not good. We're behind. And I had the luxury of anchoring. I dove in almost like two and a half seconds behind their guy. And I caught him. I, I split 45-1, which is my fastest time to date um, that, at that, that year. And I the pool erupted. It was like, holy crap, we lost by 80 points. <laughs> but we just we socked it to him at the end. We put our best foot forward. We won by like .06. And it was just wild. It was so fun. Unfortunately, Army had been videotaping every single race that meet and the one they did it videotaping <laughs> for free relay. I was like, are you serious? They I probably deleted it. That. I wanted to say that so bad. They I'm probably like, deleted the tape to it, honestly. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> can't show that to recruits. It's like, we're winning, we're winning, we're winning. Ah, oh, we got dogged. 
As far as an individual race, that's my favorite. As far as kind of a racing with my team, um, this year we beat Loyola by one point, and it was because of our last three events. We needed so many things to fall in place, like all the way down to like, we spent the 4 a.m. at that meet lineup, and we yeah. needed like, we needed like third, fourth, and fifth, and one of our guys jumped up to second, had like a blowout swim for a dual meet. So we were a little ahead. Our third guy did not want to swim that race, and he outtouched someone driving at the end, so he got fifth. If he hadn't gotten fifth, that point would have gone to them. We would have lost a point, and they would have won by one. And then it came down to the 4 free relay again. We had to win the relay, and our B relay had to beat their B relay. So we had to get first and third. And so it's like the A relay wins and the B relay is maybe like six seconds behind. In the whole A relay, that wasn't our anchor guy who was over there cheering for them for the B relay. And so that was super cool. And the whole, again, just the entire stadium was just explosive. That's awesome, man. Sounds like it would have been really cool to see in person. It sounds fun even from getting a secondhand spectator view. What is your favorite event to swim? To swim, 500 by far. It's my best event and it's my favorite perfect event. event. It's so perfect. It's a great answer. People are, like, why? Sustained yeah. sprint. People are like, why do you want to swim for f like five minutes? I'm like, you're not. You're swimming for hopefully under four and a half. Yeah. Like, well, I'm actually swimming for me. <laughs> Karen Smith just goes 406 and shows us all up. So yeah. Um, 500 is awesome. There's so much strategy, even though you have to go out so close to your two free time it's it's like you said it's a sustained sprint like you're going you're going but there's so much play and especially in dual meets oh my gosh every dual meet i do the five i look at like the previous couple meets their guys are doing it just how are they swimming it how are they splitting it and there are just so many gear shifts you have to make it's so fun i love it it's very exciting to see that race with the playing the game that a lot of uh distance swimmers profess to do but as I am loath to admit, not many people care to watch the mile where you see even more dynamic gear shifting. Jordan, no one wants to watch the mile. I'll watch the mile. I would have watched um, the guy at SECs do the mile. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, right? Bobby Fink. Bobby I would have loved to watch 14, that. 14-12, out in 4-15, holding casual. 51's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So the next follow-up question to that would be, what is your favorite event to watch? Whether it be like on TV or in person, just in general. Um, 4 a.m. is fun. There's a lot of play. It's cool because the flyers go out like a banshee. The breaststrokers, I've always said breaststrokers win IMs, but yeah. breaststrokers, they can come from so far behind and really put on a show, but it's whoever has it at the end on the freestyle. And so it's really cool to watch an A, an a final at the 4 a.m. just because there's so much variance. It's almost like watching like what they've been adding in like the professional world, like the co-medley relays. Mm -hmm. It's just like so much action going on. And so I would probably say that's one of the more fun events to watch, even though it's longer than a lot of them. Yeah, that's a good answer. I, my favorite to watch is 4 a.m. 500 free. Mine. <laughs> Jordan, no one wants to watch the mile. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll say my sophomore year, where I was swimming at Navy and we swam the mile, two two Navy freshmen are in it, and they're sandwiching Army stud. He's won the mile the previous year. He's really good. He's sub nine minutes in the thousand. Like he goes out hard, and he's out in front, and those two Navy boys just went hunting and they hunted him the whole last 650 crazy swim. Oh my god. It was a wild race and where every time the Navy boys splits were coming lower and lower and the whole deck's like oh oh <laughs> like oh who won? Uh the Navy freshman. The Navy oh, freshman? Yeah. I think yeah. they went one three and the army guy got second, but I could be wrong. They might have won two. So they combined their powers and took down Oh the it was army ridiculous. Guy. They worked together and it was wild. Go Navy. Go Badgers. Maybe not. Go Navy! I, I, I'm a... Um, go Navy. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. We all love shame, but we I all, can't say go Navy. Yeah. I mean, mm, mm. You're not allowed to. Conference, conference uh, competitors. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, conference competitors. I'll support other teams in my conference. Uh. All right. So, 
our last swimming related question. What do you, what is the hardest event in your opinion and why is it the 200 fly? It's not. Okay. It's the 100 long course freestyle. What? Oh, That's a one out of left field? I'm just really glad you didn't say the 200 backstroke. No. Jeremy was talking about how the 200 backstroke is the hardest event before we even started recording and I was about to call off the session. Two fly is an overrated answer. It's really not as hard as people think. You just have to learn to like lay out the first half and still be fast. But by far, in my opinion, 100 free long course sucks. Everyone will die the last 12 and a half. Everyone. It is so hard to swim. Not Jason Lezak. Jason Lezak didn't die. I watched that video twice today. (laughs) Why? Because there's nothing else to do. Because Kyle Sockwell told us to. Oh, okay. Sockwell posts it, and it's like, you know, every time this is on my timeline, I can't not watch it. And he's right, and he peer pressured me. (laughs) We got to get Kyle on the show. I'll pull my, I'll pull some strings. But why, like, is it just because of the last 12 and a half? Like, that's just such a random that event is, in my mind. Well, I'm speaking from personal experience. <laughs> I, I just think 100 free long course is really tough. A lot of people, like, hurt in it. It's because I think, like, I've always said that long course training can be so beneficial to short course swimming. And I don't really have that opportunity in college, so... Whenever, like, we went to Winter Nats last year and um, we got to swim there, but it was all long course. And me and my friend, that me and my teammate were swimming 100 free, and he just, like, we're both dying, but he just dies a little more. And it's like, that event's just tough for people because it's a sprint. And there are people in yards that sprint the 50 free, and they can't finish the 100 yard free. It's like those strictly 50 guys, you throw them in 100 long course free, and they're going to be on the bottom of the pool. That's a good point. If we're talking yards, I'd say 4IM. It's really hard. People could take it out too fast. People could, like, just crank their one, like, if a backstroker cranks too hard on their backstroke to try and make up for lost time, like, that freestyle is always going to hurt the 4IM. Fly and die, baby. All right, what what about top three, top three hardest events in order with yardage, or, like, with, like, long long course and short course? course. So, like, mine is 4IM yards, and then it's two back long course, and then it's two free long course. I see. I like the two free long course. So Ugh. I would go hundred free long course, four IM short course, and then two hundred back is a good point. But I was going to say four free long course. Okay, because my, my legs are dead on four. I think four, a for long course is two hundred breast. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. Oh, no experience. None of us from breast except you. And people, people that are in the finals in long course breast know how to lay out their stroke, so I've always been biased. Yeah, no, ma- no matter how weird breaststrokers are, damn, do they know how to swim breaststroke. Well, yeah, <laughs> if, they're breaststrokers. nothing else. No other swimming capabilities other than breaststroke. Last time I swam two breasts, I went 231, and I think I was like 11, so. <laughs> it's pretty good for an 11-year-old, man. That's in yards. I think we were 14. We were at the same meet. I remember doing I it. I hope we were not older than that. I know. I think we were 14 and we went 231. You and I both, and it you was so bad. You beat me by a second. Yeah, it was so bad. Was this one I wasn't swimming? Uh, it was some meet in October. Or was I on Kevin's group at that point? I, I think know, you were in Kevin. You might have been in Kevin's group. I was in Kevin's group. <laughs> to date, I have not swam that again. Bro, so. that was the high school. Yeah, your knees couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Breast strokers. I, I was joking with my coach. I was like, after conferences... I'm gonna come back to the pool the day after and do 100 breaths and try to break a minute. <laughs> second, I've been under 30 a couple times. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, but that second 50. Yeah, but I didn't have a suit on. It got Jordan at state. You know, and I'll go low. I broke a minute. <laughs> so a minute in breaststroke, never in backstroke. Yeah, but see, I don't, I don't think I would die in 100 breaths because I have zero. That's like the most conceited thing you could ever say about breaststroke. Dude, it's only 100. No, 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 no. That's not I'm what not I was saying. I was going to say, die. I'm just so endurance-based, and, like, I'm not catching any water. I'm just, like, I'm swimming upper body and pull out, so I just don't yeah. think, like, my legs aren't going to die. This out. is not how swimming works. <laughs> so let's go to some non-swimming-related questions. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No, but I've eaten it on pizza. It does not belong. Why? It does not belong on 
on pizza. I just think it's kind of weird. It's got a weird texture to go along with bread. I think the texture is the biggest thing that I'm against. The, the savory and sweet, I can get behind. I, would I had say some true Hawaiian pizza in Hawaii that had pineapple and like ham on it, and it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I, was, just the, I would say the texture throws me off, but if I was to like have an all meat pizza and like drizzle pineapple juice on it, it'd probably be pretty good. I've gotten into hot honey on pizza, dude. Yeah, at, hot honey. I no no. Uh, my my cousin's brewery, Triple Crossing. Okay. Oh oh. Did they did build a mod pizza? Over There's there a mod pizza off of Mechanicsville next to. Yeah, you guys should go there. They have the hot pizza. Yeah yeah there. yeah. I mean, so you can buy good. that stuff somewhere. I mean, oh, I guess yeah. you can't go to a grocery store. I have Sweet Baby Ray's hot honey barbecue sauce. It's pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I can't find it anywhere in Virginia. I get the Sweet Baby Ray's honey barbecue, but it's a good company. Yeah. Sweet Baby Ray's honey barbecue is amazing. All right, so next question. What would you pick for your last meal? Like, if you were to die tomorrow from the coronavirus, what would you pick as your last meal? That means we're going to die. I really like chicken alfredo. Chicken alfredo is good, with or without broccoli. So, funny question. I'm currently trying to expand my palate because I'm a very picky eater. So I did try it with broccoli more recently. Are backstrokers really picky eaters? Is that like a stereotype we can start throwing? Not really. I'll eat anything. I was say Jeremy was a picky eater. Yeah, but but Jesse Burnley only eats cheese. And he was backstroking his friend. Till he was like 14. I had my first salad like two weeks ago. What? First ever salad. Ever. First salad. I mean, he does. I mean, yeah, I mean he put, he did put on forty pounds. Thirty. Forty. Forty. One fifty to one ninety three. I swear you said one sixty. Whatever numbers aren't real. We gave them power. What with or without? And then 40 pounds. With or without garlic bread. Well, what's yeah, that? That's I, a stupid I, question. Whatever. Sometimes people don't this like garlic bread. And not people we're gonna associate with. It's a good point. All right. Um. If you could have a superpower, what superpower would it be? Don't say flight. I would say reading people's minds. I think that would get to me, man. I don't think I could do it. I would get so involved with No, but I don't, not like without control. Like, okay, it's so almost like I've got a light switch on. You're not passively reading people's no. minds. So like you're not driving down the road and people are just like hurling abuse at you mentally no, no. because they, because you're a terrible driver. Not saying you're a terrible <laughs> driver. No. Mine would be kind of cool, though. Or time travel, because you can just make a lot of money. Time travel... That's true. Time travel just sounds tricky, like the... Like with the disproportionate effects that you could have if you go into the future... Or into the past and alter the future, you know? Like, what if you, like, cock-lock your dad and then you go, don't get born? Alright, then, how about... Uh, I'll pick one that ha- doesn't have self-interest, like, improving my lifestyle as far as, like, success. Okay. I would say... Either strength or speed, like just that would just be cool. To Super just, strong, would yeah. be fun. Like if a car runs me over, like that car is exploding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really have strength over uh, speed, but if I could choose a superpower, telekinesis all day, every day, I'd be so lazy. I'd never move again. <laughs> be oh, day. just like move stuff with your move mind to yeah. you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'd start swimming again. <laughs> you just pull the wall to you. His arms <laughs> it's just like in every pull, you just uh, a huge wave of water coming out behind you, and it's just like he's so fast. It's amazing. He moves without the water moving. <laughs> My dad would just be <laughs> Sonic Boom level. I would kind of like to be the Hulk. Like, like Why that's what I'm. <laughs> That's not like. Not only is he super strong, but he's also biggest Kobe and can jump. Do you like your color? I just imagine Jeremy as like a giant lead frog, just like. <laughs> <laughs> I should paint my body green for Halloween. Oh. I'll probably get. A, I'll probably just look like Shrek. Can honestly. I be Thor? Let's do that. My hair is gonna be long. Lead face paint. Lead face paint. I'd probably honestly look like Shrek. People would be, oh, you're Shrek. No. <laughs> they, 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 would, they would think you're the green apple Kool-Aid man. I was the Kool-Aid man for Halloween. I was the Kool-Aid man this past Halloween. It was pretty cool. Really? Yeah. It's fire. I, I kept walking around and I was going, oh, yeah. That's all I kept saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, next question. Would you rather fight 100 fifth graders or one eighth grader? One eighth grader. I'm 22 almost. 
closed. Yeah. Yeah, but you could just push the fifth graders only everywhere. Like three years There's apart. 150. No, only 100. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> I thought it was 100. I thought it was 150. 105th graders or one eighth grader? How many eighth graders do you think you could take on? How many toddlers do you think that you could fight before they overwhelmed you? Are I took a like, quiz on this when I was in like the like junior in high school. Like, are they aware or are they still crawling? Oh, no, no. Oh, they're walking. They're walking. I don't know. Not very coordinated, but there's an infinite supply of them. And they're bloodthirsty. Are they coming one at a time or does it like a video game, like ones, then two, <laughs> And I've just got a barbed wire bat. Oh. I don't know. I think toddlers. You can only use your hands. Could you use the other toddlers? Yes, that was one of the questions. Would you be okay with using a toddler? Break off a leg. No, no, yo, you you pick them up and you swing them. Yeah, but his flimsy ass joints, you're gonna be like, (laughs) no. That's why you just—it's like uh, melee weapons in The Last of Us. Eventually, they wear out, but you can repair them. I don't know how you repair a toddler, and or you can just pick up another one. Did y'all not play that game? No. I think I could take on I probably like 200 characters. A better adaptation of that question would be 100 fifth graders or one MMA pro fighter. Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I would go for the 100 fifth graders. Even. Would I get paid? But either way, you don't die, but you're, oh, you're just severely hospitalized. Would I get paid if I fought the MMA fighter? No. Ugh. This is for charity. That's you what they say. Spectator tickets go to. No, there's <laughs> no like spectators. The Coleman, they take all the money home. There's no spectators. It's coronavirus. Yeah. Dana White says that we're still going to have MMA, though. I'm okay with that. Has NASCAR said anything? NASCAR. It was like an MMA fight with no spectators. It was weird. It's like Jordan Witherow. It's just nothing. It's like, it's like wow, get amped. <laughs> the guy's like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I actually have one last question before we move into our next segment. Would you like to be our intern? Oh, that'd be wild. All right, I'm congratulations, down. you are now our intern. You're hired. I'm hired. First selection process. All right, guys, after the interview is over, we're going to go ahead and go into a little break. Here with us, he's already taken on his full-time interning position. Welcome, welcome. For having me. We'll even get you your own chair eventually, so you don't have to sit on the ground. I think we need shirts. Shirts? I think shirts would be shirts cool. Shirts would be good. Stickers. Ass tats. Ass tats. Patches. Ass tats. But, anyways, uh, so let's talk about what's uh, <laughs> running through America right now: the coronavirus pandemic. Psychotic people just running around buying everything. I, fe- I felt I felt like like I felt like an idiot yesterday. I had to go get groceries, and of course, it was like that time of the month where I needed to get more toilet paper. And I go in, and I like there's none left. And I'm like, okay, I finally found like a one of the small packs of it. And the cashier just gave me like the dirtiest look. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not one of those psychopaths who's buying like two hundred dollars worth of toilet paper, which I still don't understand. Like. Do you, do you need to go to the bathroom a lot more when you're quarantined? I think it's just people like shacking up, thinking ahead, but I did see one meme. It's like, if you run out of toilet paper, just use a CVS receipt. CVS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are very long. But it's crazy. It's like schools are closing, sports are getting destroyed. Who would have thought that sports would be the thing that's just taking the biggest hit? Like ESPN Sports Center, they have absolutely zero material. It was so sudden, too. It felt like everything got canceled and shut down in like four hours. Yeah. Which I think it literally was about four hours. I think everyone's just afraid of being the one thing that doesn't react to it and then like getting a lot of negative feedback for it if something were to happen. Yeah, I saw this uh, person who, I think he was affiliated with like the WHO or the CDC. He was like, people can come back later and say that we overreacted, 
but people wouldn't be able to come back later and say that we underreacted. Yeah, that's true. Which is like pretty gloom and doom and like really hardcore, but honestly, it's a smart thing because like I'd rather have way more reaction than we need and more people don't die than not enough reaction and the movie Contagion is acted out in real time. Crazy. I just feel bad because like all it was so depressing to see all the senior spring athletes posting their like end of year stuff and I was like gonna tear up man it sucks yeah even in swimming it was freaking me out man because I would go on Instagram and all these people that I know and I care about and I know they swim in college and I know sure their seasons are over but they didn't really get to say goodbye to their teammates it was just like alright guys we're out of here and it's like what? Because usually, like, in the spring, you still get to go to a few parties, just socialize and well, decompress. the best part of our sport. Right. right. So no, anymore. You nothing have a real more. college life. Yeah, you have a real college life. And also, it's not like you're really having, like, not having a lot of big memories in the months leading up to conferences because you're just gearing up and winding up and you can't be acting like a hooligan if you're taking your sport seriously. And then, boom, you get your final, you get your conference out of the way because did all the conferences swim, right? Yeah. Uh, for the most part, yes. There might have been a couple like D2, D3s, maybe some few D1s that so didn't get to compete. Just on the cusp. Just on the, okay, so let's say that the majority of the guys got all of their conferences out of the way, which is awesome. But if you did it, that's terrible. And I don't even know how to like react to that. But think about it. You swim in your conference, you go back, you have your after-conference party, which you don't really remember much from that. You're just having a good old time. And then, what, within two to three weeks later, it's like, all right, you all have to go home. And I was thinking about this. My college hasn't completely canceled everything. We have about three weeks of online online classes, and then they're going to reassess. But I was talking to my parents about this earlier today, is if it does get to the point where we don't go back, there's a big number of people I'm never going to see again. Yeah, I'm never so going to talk to. I'm not going to see anyone in my major for the most part. Like, they're just all over the place in the U.S. And yeah, there's, there's no way I'm going to run into them. It's and like, hard. Macon is a small school. There's only like 1,400 kids. But even within that, the amount of people that I'm going to see, I'm never going to see any of those people regularly again, I bet. And uh, the people that I do see semi-regularly, it's going to be a very small and, like, truncated group for sure. And then seeing people, like, they, they're they just freaking... It's not freaking... Uh, that's the wrong word. But they're posting their, like, goodbyes and how emotional they are and how upset they are, which just having to leave your family, basically, after so many years and so much time together, and it's just like, okay, goodbye, like... Don't even get me started on the heartbreak that NCAA qualifiers got. They basically just got their rankings and what seed they were going to be. And then within a week of finding that out, they're literally on the plane home. We have like, I can name three people just from our area. Ted Schubert won ACC's twice for the first time this year. Like, yep. he's going. He was going to blow up NCAA. Colin Wright goes 18-9. He's going to be top and he was a senior, wasn't he? He was a senior, yeah. He's a senior, first NCAAs, and he doesn't get to go. Street's girlfriend, first NCAA in the 4IM, she doesn't get to go. And Juliana Jones dropped eight seconds in a last chance swim in the mile. She went 16-12. That's ridiculous. I, I just think it's a big Juliana upsetting Juliana. part. But, I mean... Will they give the swimming a redshirt year? They gave it to the spring sports. Swimming's not considered a spring sport. NCAA is just, I don't know. I saw something that NCAA said. I don't know if it was from their official account or anything. And they were like saying, if you were affected by the cancellations of coronavirus, you should immediately try to contact your your rep. It's like, NCAA, come on. Just do something already. Say that you're going to give these sports. And... All right, cool. You could get another year of eligibility out of the way, but hypothetically speaking, how many people are going to go back for another year of swimming? That's what I said. Someone got so excited, but any sport, especially spring, it doesn't matter. Like that is another entire year of your life. Exactly. Because then, like, even if we're talking about, there's so many different dynamic portions of that because your body could be on the brink of just falling apart and would make it through another season. And a lot of people, like, what would happen with scholarship money? 
I know that I couldn't afford to go another year in college. Well, people are even saying with, with people who are already struggling to pay through college, like they are we going to get reimbursed? Like are people? Yeah, because like that's a that's a terrible thing with all these colleges going to online classes, and I don't think it's right in any way, shape, or form to charge online classes the same as in class. Like that's wrong. Yeah. But I mean, look at how much uh, tuition Ooh. has increased since our parents were in college. Like mm-hmm. they, clearly, they're for-profit institutions. So yeah. They, they don't care about. You've got meal plans, you've got... I've heard a lot of meal plans are getting reimbursed. I want my meal plan money back. Which is hilarious, because I fought tooth and nail to get my meal plan reimbursed because they charged me for one when I told them I didn't want one, and now they're just going to end up giving everybody <laughs> back their meal plan. It's like, I still proved my point. <laughs> well, we can kind of transition from, like, in all this chaos, at least in our sport, like what can what can kids do to stay in shape while they're at home? What's kind of what what? How can we plan? Because if people come back next fall and all their pools have been closed for multiple months, people are going to be years behind. Where they oh were. yeah, it's good. Like I I'm praying and hoping that this outbreak doesn't last for as long as some uh, epidemiologist thinks, which could be up to seven months. But unless you have your own private training facility, a lot of these kids aren't gonna see water until everything's all like the green flag is, it's like, okay, you can come out of your fallout shelters now. Like that's a real thing. Like my team for right now, we're following what the county that our our program is located in, we're following their guidelines, which is like two-ish weeks and then they reassess. But Let's say it goes on for multiple weeks. Like we're doing, we're we're giving them dry land workouts, but a lot of these kids live in neighborhoods, so they can't do any cross training in reality for cardio unless they have like a stationary bike or something at home. And even then, like dry lands are only going to go so far because it's not like every person that has their house with a fully stocked gym. Like I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, well, you know, I might as well do something. And I live out in the sticks, so I have a big big area that I can do stuff with and I have some old stuff laying around my barn and everything but kids in neighborhoods if you're supposed to stay indoors and avoid social interaction it's probably not a good idea to go running around your neighborhood and you up and down the stairs for two hours (laughs) (laughs) it would kill you okay body weight exercises those are proven to be huge and I'm sure y'all have probably seen little videos on Twitter or YouTube of body weight people that are just diesel but yeah they're also, they have like monkey bar-esque things that allow them to do a lot. Right. Random uh, boy or girl that lives in a suburb in their house, what do they have? Jump None. ropes. Jump oh. ropes can be good. Do yeah. You, yeah, yeah, for swimming, like, if kids can, if you're close enough to it, the weather's getting better, spring's kind of hitting us a little Outdoor earlier. swimming? Oh, open water swimming, man. Go outside, get in. But if you're you're supposed to avoid contact, you're supposed to avoid public places like that. So it's just, it's a weird line to tread. And in my opinion, if this outbreak goes on for a very long time, for more than a couple of months, it's not going to put swimming back, say, three to five months. It's going to put swimming back years. Yeah. Because think about it. How long do all the Olympians train if they're coming back for a second Olympics? Uh, it Four takes at least years. I would say it takes at least three to get back into it. Three, two to oh, three. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. I was saying, like, right now, if this is really short-lived, a lot of, like, high school kids aren't really going to be too messed up because we're right around NCSA-esque, like, season. Mm-hmm. So kids that are just finishing that are probably going to take a week or two off anyway. Yeah. So hopefully, like, pools start opening up in that amount of time, but any longer is going to be really detrimental. And I just think that, realistically speaking, it's going to – the timing of this has disrupted so many different training cycles that – and if you're, you're going from a huge high-intensity training cycle and you're about to start the day crescendo into um, whatever your big, like, your Olympic-esque meet is, that's going to mess you up a lot physically. Yeah. And then on top of that, if you're out of the water until October, how many people are going to be able to jump back in and immediately, like, we're not going to be seeing any crazy swims except for those nut jobs that have pools at their houses. Michael Andrews. Michael Andrews. Infinity pools? Or not infinity pools? Wait, infinity infinity pools pools are far. Are you going to tell me that someone's going to train repeat sprints in an infinity pool if they don't have a wall?
You don't know. I mean, it might happen. Mm. Open water service could do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I think open water is your best bet. But like you said, you got to go outside for it. So I'm not condoning it, but that's they want you to go outside, but they want you to avoid other people. And they were saying today, five to ten, five to ten people. That's a nightmare. Or you could do my personal favorite and just not get a heavy bag, or just get a heavy bag and just punch a heavy bag. Cross about, training. I don't know about you. I just like long walks on the beach. I There's no a, beach nearby. <laughs> I went for a run this morning. It was terrible. Oh, ew. Yeah, I just don't run. Yeah, I don't know how to run. Yeah, my obviously. shoulder hurt really bad, but you know what? Your shoulder hurt from running? Yeah, it's called impact. Dumbass. Impact <laughs> is bad. Impact my shoulder hurt. Right? My shoulder is so messed up. Yeah, don't clown. Doing anything hurts my shoulder. Reading hurts my shoulder. I remember that. My shoulder. You can't read. <laughs> you my collarbones. Right? Sometimes. Yeah, it's just this whole area is just like throbbing. So, I mean, I think I'll get used to it because I'm not swimming anymore. But this outbreak, sure, it's. I mean, yeah, I'm about to sound like an asshole. Sure, it's a travesty that all life is shutting down. But the true travesty is swimming is shutting down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another thing that people can do to. To also help stay in shape is just eating the right amount of food or like eating the Cut right food. Cut down your portions. Yeah. Don't like, eat like when you were training. Eat like you're on taper. Fast. Yeah, you eat like you're on taper. That's a good way to think of it. appetites go down and they try to think like, oh, I got to keep eating the same way. No, you just eat what your body needs. It's going to be fueled. As long as you're not hungry, you're doing fine. So eat your foods, eat your veggies. Like don't just pound a bunch of junk food if that's all you can get. At the grocery store, like you gotta try to find the healthiest opportunities you can. Or unless it's like you, where you ate your first salad for the first time the other day. Yes. Huge, but Huge. I'm, I'm still a stick, so <laughs> it's never hurt me. Craig used to say, "Give that bowl, of, give that boy a bowl of Smarties. He can eat whatever he wants." <laughs> I mean, on on to other topics, like with everything shutting down and stuff. Um, that like USA Swimming has suspended all sanctioned meets. And I know that in the state of Virginia, there's an age group championship meet that when USA Swimming said that, um, that got canceled um, halfway through the distance session on um, Thursday night of their meet. A local team nearby, uh, Nova, held their own age group championship type meet at their home pool. And it still gave the kids an opportunity to swim fast where they still got to wear a suit and see what they could go. So I don't know if the times count, but it gives Personally, them a chance. I, I, I think that Nova's got enough clout that they could make the times count. They probably could, but well, like... I mean, anybody can do a time trial as long as it's officiated. Like, if they get the sanctions, it can be... Yeah, but the sanctions are suspended. Organized. Yeah, so sanctions are completely... Like, USA Swimming has suspended all meets. Well, I guess it's not like they were swimming senior champs. I, I didn't see anything about... It was age group champs. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not like kids are trying to get times for recruitment and stuff. So. Yeah, but I mean, it still gives the kids, like, it's a mental thing to, like, it's give them a them. chance. It's something you deserve. You yeah. deserve to swim fast at the end. And so, it's just like in college. Like, if you don't make the conference team, a lot of coaches, they try to find you something or they let you suit up for the last dual meet. Like, kids deserve to swim after a whole year of training. Yeah. And, I mean, other things around the world, I know some countries are still holding meets and stuff. Like, uh, I know Great Britain, they had a meet um, the other day. Adam Peaty went, like, 58-1 in the 100 breasts long course, which is still, like, I mean, that's that's still probably the fastest time in the world. Um, well, yeah, because another person no one else, has a six leave. No one else. <laughs> oh, back on the sleep thing. I hope 58-1 is the fastest because he's the only man under 58 and he's been 56. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if he has gone faster than that this right, year or maybe. not. Um, but I know I read this thing on Swim Swim earlier today that Japan revised their Olympic trials and they just eliminated semifinals. So it's just prelims and finals. Which is which is a big thing because like yeah it it cuts out a whole like um, another race for that night or stuff. Um, But again, like if you're fighting to just even get in that top eight, like that's like you had that opportunity in prior years, but now you don't have that opportunity. It's just changing a lot of that dynamic of things. I was thinking like dynamic shift exactly. Like I was thinking if just because like we were talking about earlier how the swimming Olympic cycle is literally four years. Like, Ryan Murphy just went his fastest hunter back since, like, 2016. Yeah. And that's because you're not expected the year after the Olympics to be posting up best times. It is a long, long, long cycle. And so think about it. If the U.S. 
Like, say, what would the U.S. do if the Olympics were canceled? Would we still hold trials? Like, would we still give those guys an opportunity to go as fast as they were supposed to at trials? I think Jordan and I talked about this in a prior episode where they would skew it a little bit to where they would just push it back to the World Championships next year and then just give out bigger medals. That's what Jordan said. Let's just give out bigger medals. The thing that I really don't... Physical Physically larger. Like, they're going to be like, the gold medal is going to be the size of, like, a dinner party. (laughs) Who's <laughs> that guy that wears the big clock around the necklace? What's the guy's name? Uh, I'm blanking right now. Yeah, that's I, what I'm thinking I listen of. to bluegrass music. I don't know. <laughs> that's who I'm thinking of. Like a big giant clock. Like a Flavor Flav! Yeah. Flav. 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 Jordan, the bluegrass. I just remember the Sprint commercial. It's Flavor Flav. But, I mean, I mean, Russia, for example, they're still having their Didn't Olympic trials. Didn't they just fail all of their doping things, though? They, I mean... They just got fined so much money by the uh, Olympic Committee for every single one of their athletes testing positive for... <laughs> Sadly, no, no. I mean, but they're still having it, but they're just having it with no spectators, which is still... It's not as bad it's as, not as bad. other sports, but still, it's not that much, because, you know, nobody... Like, uh, Tom Dolan can't do his like lane line ride like he used to in front of an empty empty. Pool. <laughs> it's tough. It's yeah, tough. And it's not a big, just a big thing. I am curious about is like it's it's a weird thing that's not often talked about or thought about. I don't think because swimmers do get a lot of money from sponsors. But what about people who are kind of hoping and praying that they win something and get good money off of their Olympic medal because now they're not going to get any prize money. And even if we host a world-esque meet, how are you going to convince countries to be like, yeah, man, you should still give how much money you were going to give for an Olympic win to this dude. Right. Yeah. Which it's is tough. not a crazy amount of money, but man, well, like, if I got $12,000, I'd be happy as hell. Well, yeah, I mean, like, swimming doesn't pay out much and... You get a X amount of dollars for being on like the top ten list, and I I remember I watched one of Cody Miller's po- um, podcast Bo- vlogs. Yeah, vlogs. That's what they're called. I watched one of Cody Miller's vlogs one time, and he was saying like, "Look, I did not do good at Phillips sixty six, and like I dropped off the top ten list, and that was thirty forty grand out of my salary. That just snap yep. your fingers is gone." And so the money in swimming is pretty stretched out, and so I totally agree. You got to hit a very specific portion of your training cycle to get that money. Yeah. And even on top of that, like, how are you gonna? Okay, I know it's not it's not as drastic as what I'm about to say, but with sponsorship deals, it's not like they're gonna go like this guy was like, oh hey, well I if I had been able to go to trials, I would have made the Olympic team, and then I would have won. And it's not like, it's not like you, us wouldn't know who that person is, but random normal folk, uh, non-swimmers, they wouldn't see, who's this guy? Like, I don't get it. Like, a lot of people still don't know who Caleb Dressel is, you know? Like, yeah, have y'all ever, people just normal people don't know who he is in some cases because the big thing with swimming is it's just dominated by everybody still thinks oh is Michael Phelps swimming yeah and at least like, at least the seventeen six was on the ESPN oh yeah that's huge but a lot of people I think just look at that and like what does that mean I don't get it well it's like do you not understand what he's done two body legs in a fifty I think another thing is that people don't realize that it's right from workaholics he was like I want a I want a twenty a sub twenty and she didn't even flinch. Phelps ruined everything. <laughs> well, to me, to me, swimming's like a whole nother thing where it, in your mind, I feel like if, like, for example, um, say there's some random kid at a high school. He doesn't swim or anything, but he knows that he can swim. I think that's the part where everyone's like, oh, I mean, he's, it's just swimming. Like, I can swim. But they don't realize, like, how hard it actually is. And it's like, yeah, like... I can shoot a basketball, but that doesn't mean I'm LeBron James. Like it has no. I don't. I don't. I think there's a I gap. Think we can all agree, you're not LeBron James. Yeah, I'm six five, and I can. We're not LeBron James. I, I'm never gonna play basketball. I know. I think this has been a great episode, but I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Penn State men's swimming and diving team. Um, they participated in a 2020 Thon dance event at Penn State. 
And apparently what THON is, is an organization that gives hope and support to families battling childhood cancer. So that's a big thing that they've done uh, before this whole coronavirus outbreak thing, and that it should be noticed um, for their hard work and everything. I think that's awesome. They've, THON has raised $11.7 million in the past year, and I think that's just fantastic that they, they went out and did that. feel-good story in light of all this crap going on. So I'd never heard of that. I'm glad you brought it up. I saw it on Swim Swam earlier today, and I was like, I watched the video, and their dance was kind of cool. It had the the SpongeBob, like, you know, SpongeBob at the Super Bowl. It had, like, that right. intro, oh, and it was oh, so oh. cool. It was awesome. They were all wearing, uh, okay. all wearing okay. like, white cutoffs and American flag, like, sweatpants. It was kind of cool, actually. That's cool. I mean, I didn't see that on Twitter because I've been just trying to retweet the spiciest coronavirus memes. I feel like you just have, like, a bank of memes that you just keep. I've got, like, a gig of So, guys, I think that's all we have time for today. Y'all stay safe and wash your hands. Yeah. Stay indoors. Practice social distancing or you are an inconsiderate human being. But make sure, while you're washing your hands, afterwards. 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 You go follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At Instagram, we are shaved and tapered. On Twitter, we are shaved tapered still mad that they won't let us put and because the characters are too long um and make sure you follow us on facebook and like our page shaved and tapered podcast subscribe unsubscribe subscribe again steal all your family's phones that you're quarantined with and subscribe download play them all again that would be great and oh drop comments comments make us look good ask a question yeah, and if you guys are interested in sponsoring us or have any suggestions for sponsors or anything like that, please hit us up. And that's all we have time for today. Love you guys. Peace. Now that we have found this love, baby, I can't explain my feel. Oh. Now that we have found this love, baby, I've never felt this real. Loving you is all I know, baby You make me feel so high